Welcome to Write Stuff Radio, where we showcase Christian authors worldwide. Each week, join me for a new author and a great new book to add to your library. Welcome to The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen Parker J. Thank you so much for joining me. Today we're going to be talking to my returning guest, co-host, and contributor today, Catherine Ulrich Brakefield. If you've been following the show for any amount of time, you know Catherine is a well-loved guest on The Right Stuff. And today she's going to be showcasing a new book in a new genre that she's writing in. I can't wait to tell you more about it. We want to thank our Patreon team for their support. We have been showcasing Christian authors worldwide for the past nine years, and as God gives us grace, we'll continue to do so. To find out how you can help out, simply go to patreon.com slash write stuff and see what you can do. And as always, we covet your prayers. To stay subscribed to PJC Media, simply go to pjcmedia.net Click on the pink button, and you'll never, ever have to miss a show. Without further ado, I'm going to bring Kathy on board. Kathy, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. It's always a pleasure to be back with you, Parker. And I always enjoy talking to you. We have such similar interests in our interest in history, but most importantly, the fact that we love our grandmothers. And I can remember... Several times we'd be on the phone just talking about our grandmothers at the time my granny was still living, and we would just have just just wonderful conversations about that, how they shaped us. And now we get to share in our shared grief that our grandmothers are gone, but we still have these wonderful memories of them. And so I'm so glad you're back here to showcase your new story and to let our listeners know more about you. For those who don't know, go ahead, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my granny, too, I called her granny. She did. She lived with me for 12 years. And she really watched such. My daughter at that time was only two months old when her son died suddenly. And I took her to my house. And she lived with me and watched my first was my grand, my daughter, who was two months old, and my son came. And then she passed away when my daughter was a cheerleader. It was sad, but I learned so much from her. She had a way of talking that brought you, she could bring a story of life with her words. And that's what I try to do with all my books, is bring the story to life with my words. And she inspired my Destiny series, something to Destiny about the Irish immigrants that came over. And then that moved over to the Spanish-American War in the Gibson era, which my grandmother loved because of the taffeta, the big puffy sleeves and the taffeta that would kind of crinkle when you walked. <laughs> and then, of course, it was World War One, the Great Depression, and she lived through that. It was just amazing. Then World War II was when my mother was born, you know, and then we le- I gleaned so much information and inspiration from my characters through, my, through her words and, through, and just knowing her and knowing she's a walking history book. So that's why I write America's Story one truth at a time, because a lot of times our history doesn't tell us exactly the full story of what really transpired during those times, of the worst times of our lives, became the best times of our lives, knowing Jesus Christ. Amen. I can't agree with you more. I think about the fact that 
I was inspired by you with the Irish immigrants that I even added a couple to one of my books that I wrote with the Irish immigrants. And I was really surprised about how much discrimination the Irish immigrants faced when they came over here, but they were in dire straits and dire situations. It was either leave or die. Those were the type of choices they had to make. And if you can imagine coming from a relatively rural community to coming to the urban city, in my book, my immigrants came to New York. And I was really blessed because my husband's father allowed me to use the family name in the book that they had when they came over here themselves. So that was real fun. And I told him, you know, this is going to turn into a saga, right? (laughs) So he's like, okay, whatever you want to do. But I was able to use their name. And as I was doing the research on Irish immigrants and the things they had to deal with, it was really heartening to see just the strength of the community as they came over particularly as they clash with the people here. So for those of you who don't know, you really need to get into historical research, finding out how historical events shape the world that we are in today. It's often been said, if you don't know the past, you won't understand your present, so you can't even know what the future holds. So definitely, Kathy and I both encourage you to do your own historical research, not just in the world, with your family. You'd be surprised what things you discover when you do research with your family. For myself, Kathy, and I would love to hear your thoughts too, when I found out that my granny was part of the only church in Detroit during the 1940s to create a church solely dedicated to the deaf community in Detroit, there had been nothing like it ever. And people would come out of state to get trained here in Detroit so they can also mimic the same programs in their states. That's how influential my grandmother's church was with the deaf community. What were some interesting things that you learned about your grandmother as she lived with you? Well, I learned, first of all, I didn't know about the Irish immigrants either. I didn't think much of it. And then then it was really my mother that said to me, go check out what the Irish immigrants did. They did the work that slaves are too valuable to do. And I didn't think anything about that. Oh, no, it can't be true. You know, and the Irish were considered the white slaves, in fact, but they didn't get paid or even taken care of. And amazingly, when they fought in the Irish Brigade, instead of putting up a statue for their exploits of one of their leaders on a horse, they put up the Celtic cross with the Irish wolfhound at the bottom, signifying their love and devotion for Jesus Christ. And then the wolfhound was a devotion for their new country in America, even though they were abused so badly. That really showed me the American spirit of immigrants that come over here. Yes, they were abused. Yes, they're mistreated, but yet they still feel the American dream here. They still believe in the American story, and they want to embrace all what we stand for. Many Irish, many immigrants, period, will change their name and make them sound more American because they want to embrace the American culture. And I don't want to let that go. That's why I write historical romance. That's why I do what I do, because I realize how important that is to keep that torch going for Jesus Christ, because we're founded on Jesus Christ. And that's why I wrote this Amish futuristic novel, too, to make sure we stay that way until the Lord returns. What Granny taught me about the, you know, in fact, one lady told me that my readers are my encouragers because she, one woman said to me, you know what? You made the depression come to life. I can't believe how you, I could remember everything you said was so true. Well, that was because my grandmother told me. She told me about it, how it was, told me how hard it was, told me how people banded together to get through this ordeal. You know, I mean, even in Detroit was fantastic. They would open up companies 
to bring these poor people that have no homes in, you know. I mean, they gave them shelter and food. They did everything they possibly could to help them. And I thought that was encouraging to know. It's just we have a strong sense of feeling for a brotherly love still in America. At least we did then. And I hope we still have it now. Well, I think we still do have it now. We just Christians have to band together and let their voice be known. And one thing our pastor has been preaching on is about unity and how we can show unity in Christ. And by showing unity in Christ, what happens that you spread the gospel even further. But now we're going to take a switch over to the new book you're working on because this book isn't quite historical. There may be some historical aspects to it, but this is completely different from what Kathy is usually doing. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about it. Well, Love's Final Sunrise is about a woman who was raised by her grandmother, (laughs) of course. (laughs) Her mother died early when she was young, and her father remarried, and she could not get along with the new stepmother. So she lived with her grandmother, who was a Mennonite, but she was part of the Mennonite community, but never really joined the Mennonite group. But she did all the Mennonite things. So she loved that, but yet she was raped. She left, and she didn't want the Mennonite group because she wanted to have more freedom. So she left there and joined her stepmother for a while. And the story begins when she's grown, and she's out of college, and now she's in the fast group drinking and everything else. And her grandmother has just died, and she didn't make it back in time, but she wanted to come back, and she wanted to take care of her grandmother when she realized her life wasn't ever going to be the same without her. And she dies, and she's leaving, and she's in a hunt group, and she's in Amish country, which she, you know, never has been there before. And suddenly, she has an accident with her horse, but all of a sudden, there's an allure of light And this is the beginning of the three-and-a-half-year tribulation. She doesn't know that, though, because she's in Amish country already. But the people realize they can't use their cell phones. There's no power anywhere. Well, in the Amish community, they don't use power anyways, so they don't even notice the difference. But as it goes on, again, her boyfriend is very mean to her, very wants, you know, more sexual advances than she's willing to give. So anyways, he runs after her, and she runs away from him, And she gets knocked out, and she gets amnesia. Meanwhile, nobody knows what happened to her, and the boyfriend's not telling anybody that he nearly killed her in the first place. But And this is how it begins. It's three and a half years tribulation, and with the Amish, who never use electricity anyways. So we really get to know, how can we live without modern conveniences? How can we live in a world without electricity, without running bathrooms, and this sort of stuff. So we learned right away firsthand that we can survive by helping one another get through these these enduring years. And, of course, the one world order starts taking over and tries to run havoc with our lives. But as Americans are, they fight back pretty quickly. So anyway, so that's where we start. And the main objective in Love's Final Sunrise is not about the pre-trib, the mid-trib, or the final trip. I don't really care I feel it's going to be in the final trip just because of what Revelations 14.12 says. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. So the faith of Jesus doesn't mean it's, it's, that's not Jews. That's Christians. Anyways, I wrote this only because the main objective is to have people understand the foremost concern, as always, is that we no, have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If we are born again, 
we will not falter in our love and knowing what's, what's going to come next. And that's why I wrote the book. Just so people understand that we can get through anything as long as we know Jesus. It's not going to be our church. It's not going to be the Pope. It's not going to be the president. It's going to be Jesus. They'll get us through this. So we have to know Jesus, as, as John 4, um, 6 says. You know, unless you are born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. So that's the main essence of what's, what I'm trying to promote with Love's Final Sunrise. Where did the idea for this come from? Well, this is a strange one. I wrote for Michigan Traveler Magazine for many years, 10 years or so. And I decided I wanted to find out what's going on north of me in Marlette in Brown City. And that was the Amish community. So I went there and interviewed them. Well, lo and behold, I learned a lot of that. And I combined my history along with my article about they do a lot of beautiful furniture work. And they build barns. They built my arena. They put my wood floors. And I got a personal relationship with them, knowing how they live, how they work. And we are really friends with many of them. In fact, they have been called us if, we have a, if a close friend of ours dies and we went to their funeral. But this is when things started to click with me, when I see what's happening in the world today. And I know we're close to the end. There's no way that we're not. And what is God planning? And I know God is planning to protect us because he's very worried about his elect. He also said in Matthew 24, 24, false Christ and false prophets will arise to show signs and wonder to deceive. It's possible even the elect. He's worried for us. And he said, and unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. So he shortened the days for us, for the Christians, for his group. You know, and think of that. Jesus is worried about little insignificant you and me. And he even, and he still worries when he says uh, in Luke 18, 8, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on earth? Well, that brings tears to my eyes. So I think I'm the, <laughs> the piper saying, people, listen, listen, don't follow anybody but Christ. Know him personally and realize that whenever, what, how long it takes you, we can endure for his coming. Because this world is not our world. This life is not meant for us. It's a new life in heaven that lasts forever that we have to look forward to. And that's where our grandmothers are, too. <laughs> Amen. It brings me great joy to think of grandma hanging out with your grandma. It really does. And they're having a real good time. Now, my next question is, when you decide to work on this, you already had a personal relationship with the Amish that you worked with, and you already had your biblical understanding of tribulation and revelations and end-time prophecy. And then you wanted to smack dab all this all together. How different was it for you to write in this vein of fiction as opposed to your historical? It was hard. In fact, even though I sent a proposal and I, and I had a rough draft, I couldn't find anyone that would touch it but Cross River. They are amazing because, Parker, I put a lot of truth in there and put more Bible verses in there because I want people to understand, like in Hitler and in, in Stalin's time, they took our Bibles and burned them. So you can get this book. You've got a whole, no one's going to take this book. They think it's historical, I mean, a suspense, but it's loaded down with verses to remember on if we're in the latter years, how we can hold on to the truth and not falter. But no one wanted to pick it up. They, nobody wants that type. They want a book that, that's a feel-good book. This is not, it's a wonderful ending book. It's inspiring, but it's not a feel-good, fuzzy, warm thing. You're going to think up and say, wait a minute, really, this is going to happen, you know? But it's just a viewpoint. I don't know how God's going to happen. I'm just giving you a what if, you know, and look at this and don't be blind sighted when it happens. 
But I can guarantee you this, that you will feel the inspirational feeling of and the exaltation of Christ's satisfying peace when you finish that final chapter. You're going to know that God loves us so much that he sent his son and, and put him on the cross for our sins, and he's still holding our hand even to the last day of his return. Because my book doesn't end when he, he takes us up, and then we come back down with him when we're on, on our horses. And he's fighting Satan and all those people who took the mark. So that's in the Bible, too. <laughs> so that's why I wrote a lot of scriptures inside. It's not preachy, but it sure makes you understand how much God and his son, Jesus Christ, loves us and, wants, and cares for us. And that someday he'll be here on this earth setting up his kingdom. Do you envision this as a series? I don't know. I was, I tell you the truth, Parker, I'm so glad and relieved it's done. And I can let it out for people to see what, how they like it. If they like it, maybe I will, you know, because I left it off like that. It could be. But to me, I just want to get the word out and get the truth out. I'm concerned very much. I know your pastor is not, is not like my pastor. He's talking about unity, about the times are coming, getting rough and to know the Lord. But there's a lot of pastors that are out there that feel, feel good and anything goes. And God, you can rewrite the Bible to, for, your, for your social pleasures. Not true. God doesn't care what I think. He doesn't care what you think. God is God. He's not going to change. And I have a hunger and a worry for people that don't know this. And I just, I, I guess I wanted to be that. I want to save the elect like God does. I, I want to be a whole big group of us waiting for the Lord <laughs> and not failing him in the latter days. Even if he may be late, as he says in Daniel, he told us the years and he gave us, an, gave, God gave himself another 100 days before he can return or 45 days before he can return. So we just got to wait in the Lord and not and trust in him completely. So that's the main objective. I look at, you know, the crazy thing is, you don't have to read Revelations. You can look at current events, look at our news stations to see what's going on in Revelations. It's just, it's mind-boggling to me. And I just want people to know that Jesus Christ loves you enough, that he gave us this book, Revelations, Thessalonians, Matthew 24, and Luke, to prepare us for this time, all the time. It's like he knew it was going to happen. He's wrapping his arms around us saying, don't worry, I've got this. Just keep believing. Have faith in me. So... That's where I am right now, just relief, hoping that people understand what I'm trying to tell them and what God's trying to tell them. Well, one, anyone listening can tell how passionate you are about this because you do want to use your writing for the event, for the advancement of the kingdom any way possible. And we are living in what is known as perilous times where we have to worry about if we go outside, if we're going to come back home. That's how real it is. You may go to the store and you may not come back home. Your child may go to school and may not come back home. You may be going to a party and may not come back home. We are living in very difficult times. But the Bible says, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And I know that that's going to be part of what's going on in your book, Love's Final Sunrise. And so I want to encourage all of you out there to go ahead and get your copy of the book today, released today. Make sure you go ahead and pick up your copy of Love's Final Sunrise. In the few moments we have left, Kathy, I want you to encourage our authors out there whom God has given the gift to write to pick up the pen and do so. Oh, definitely. You know, sometimes when the Lord talks to you, you just have to get up, even if it's out of bed, and write down what he's telling you to do, and you always come back to it later. But at least you remember, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do that. And, you know, God speaks to us all in different ways. I mean, and the biggest thing, like my pastor said the other day, is that our mission really is to learn the word of God 
and then to tell the word of God to others. That we've got everything ready for us in paradise, you know, in, in the new world. And so all we can do is bring those people that to the Lord that need to be saved and brought and witnessed to. So that's the most important thing we must think about. We've got everything else that we need here. He's prepared for everything. And I give God the glory because, you know, by grace alone are you saved, not through works, but such any man boast. But we must realize, understand that Ten Commandments are still important. Jesus constantly told us, and everyone he came to, he said, he would heal them. He said, now go and sin no more. So, yes, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you don't want to sin again. You want to follow him and give him your life. Amen, Jesus. Amen. I can't think of a better way to end the show. I was even thinking to myself, yeah, this show is a ministry to the Lord, but if he doesn't know my name, it means absolutely nothing. And he would say, depart from me, you work of iniquity. I never knew you. And I want the Lord to know my name <laughs> for sure. And I want my name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It's not anything that I do. I do this as an outpouring of what he has done for me, not because I'm trying to get to him, because there's nothing I can do to get to him. He did everything to bring me to him. And so that's why I just rejoice when he gives me the opportunity to showcase authors worldwide from all different types of backgrounds and things of that nature, because we're all part of one big happy family. Kathy, thank you so much for being with me on the show today. I really enjoyed having you, as you already know, and can't wait to have you back and have you back real soon. Oh, I love it. And, and please check out Love's Final Sunrise. It's going to inspire you and inspire others. Give it to any person in your family that doesn't really know the works of the Lord or doesn't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not preachy, and it's a good suspense. So that's why I wrote it the way I did. So that young kids will pick it up just for the suspense part, but they'll learn a lot while they read it. Thank you, Parker, for doing this. You are a fantastic host. I always enjoy being with you. And we were talking today to Kathy Brakefield. She is the author of the new release, Love's Final Sunrise, available from Cross River Media. And it's also available on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. I always enjoy having Kathy on my show. She's such a wonderful woman of God, and I'm so inspired by her passion to use her fiction to reach the world for Christ. As she said earlier, things are getting late in the evening. Things are getting bad. And you may think, is this the end? Does it end on a bad note? Thanks be to God, it doesn't end on a bad note. That he is going to come and correct and get rid of all the horrible things that have been going on in our world today. Not just in our country, but all over the world. He is going to correct it. This is not how the story ends. As a matter of fact, we're getting to the climax. You can find a bit of that in her new release, Love, Final Sunrise. So make sure you go ahead and pick up your copy today. If you have the gift to write, why aren't you using it? God gave it to you. So go ahead, pick up the pen, and write stuff. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen, Parker J., and you have a wonderful, absolutely glorious, blessed day. <music>